1: You're listening to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast, bringing you fun and soulful interviews
0: with spiritual teachers with the aim of tuning you in and lighting you up with your host, George Lizos. As a priest to the native pagan tradition of Greece and Cyprus, I work and honor the Greek Pantheon, Zeus, Aphrodite, Poseidon, Artemis, etc., representing the various functions and aspects of the universe. Similar to the Greek pagan tradition, all ancient cultures around the world have their own worldview and honor the divine through their own representations of gods and goddesses. The present-day resurgence of earth-based spirituality has awakened the inner priestess and priest within many lightworkers who either follow the long-standing pagan paths of their cultures or craft their own. Whatever your religion or spirituality, you can embrace your inner priestess or priest and learn to honor your definition of the divine in a deeply sacred way. Julie Parker is the founder of the Priestess Temple School, a global movement devoted to uplifting modern-day priestesses as they explore sacred leadership and service in the 21st century. In this episode of the Lead Up Lightworker podcast, Julie shares what it means to be a priestess, as well as the characteristics of the nine types of priestesses, specifically ritual priestess, ceremonial, beautifier, veil lifter, space holder, artist, diviner, healer, and earth whisperer priestess. In this episode, you are going to learn what is a priestess, more information about the different types of priestesses. What is the sister wound and how can we go about healing it? And why it is important to explore and connect with our ancestral culture when doing priestess work. When you're done listening to the episode, come over to your Spiritual Toolkit Facebook group and let me know what kind of priest or priestess you are. I look forward to hearing from you, but until then, enjoy this episode with Julie Parker. Julie Parker is the founder of the Beautiful You Coaching Academy, where she passionately trains heart-centered people to become life coaches. As the co-founder of Priestess Temple School, a global movement devoted to uplifting modern-day priestesses as they explore sacred leadership and service in the 21st century, Julie is committed to contributing to a world where presence, healing, and social justice are honored. She has trained with high priestesses and modern day mystery schools from all over the world. Julie has inspired thousands of people as an in-demand speaker, sacred circle holder, priestess and flower essence practitioner, and is the recipient of numerous leadership and women's awards. Host of the top ranking priestess podcast, Julie has interviewed some of the world's great spiritual thought leaders and has a committed spiritual practice that honors her Celtic lineage Connection to the Mother, to the Great Mother and Self. Julie, welcome to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast.
1: Oh, thank you so much, George, for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you.
0: I am so happy to have you here to talk all about priestesses and how to become a priestess. Your new book is coming out soon. But before we get into all the juicy aspects, I want to chat a little bit about your journey. What has been your journey to doing this work right now?
1: You know, I think there are actually two significant points to make here whenever anyone asks me about my journey, George, and I answer that question a little bit differently now than what I did before my own significant spiritual awakening many years ago. And if I was to give you the more current version of it, my path with this really, as a priestess, really began about six and a half years ago now when I first came across the word priestess through another woman and had a very embodied experience when I heard it for the first time, because I'd never heard it spoken before. And I knew that it must be meaningful for me in some way. It must have meant something special and important. And it certainly turned out that that was the case. And it was from there that I began to research the past and explore it and essentially come to the understanding that I was a priestess. But that then leads me to the second part of it, which is that really I believe that I've been a priestess for many, many lifetimes. And in fact, I'm not really certain exactly where this began because my research in the conscious body that I'm in now helped me to see and understand that, I had in fact been a priestess all my life and fascinated with the world of Mother Earth and goddess culture and so many other things since a child and that I'd also come from a lineage of women who were priestesses as well. It's just that that wasn't what they called themselves. So there's kind of two answers there. It's like relatively recent here in this now, but I think it's also ancient
0: too. That's so beautiful. And it sort of confirms uh, something that I've believed for a few years now in my, because I'm a past life regressionist. So I regress people in past lives. And what I realized from all the different past life regressions I've done is we are affected both by our ancestral DNA, therefore our lineage from this physical body, but also our spiritual DNA and therefore our past lives. So that's basically what's happening for you. You came to the realization that you know what, I've been a priestess for so many past lives, but also in this physical body with this current DNA, like my ancestors have been priestesses as well, which just, uh, it's a beautiful amalgamation of like all these beautiful spiritual energies. So you are in this stage right now where you're, you're, you have your priestess school and you're, you've, you're launching into the world a beautiful, very beautiful book, by the way. I love the cover. Thank uh, all you. all about <laughs> becoming a priestess. Now, what was your aim with writing this book? What is the purpose? What do you hope that this book does?
1: Oh, that is such a powerful and beautiful question, George. Thank you for asking it of me because you've basically just asked me to go straight to the heart of a writer, you know, in every, of which you are one too, a writer and an author. Really, my deepest desire with this book is that any um, spiritual light worker, whether they're a woman or or even a man or of any gender identification that picks it up, realises that there is a sacred spiritual leader that lives within them, Mm. that we need them, that we need them to step into their light and we need them to shine their work out in the world. And that, that one step deeper than that, which is the journey that this book takes people on is to understand that the pathway to that, the pathway to true priestessship and sacred leadership is by acknowledging our shadow and our ego, looking at all the parts of us that require healing and focusing on those first. To not worry about all of the external stuff outside of that to begin with, because that can be very spiritually seductive, you know, of um, what I've got on my altar or how big is my flower crown or, you know, my goddess photo shoot, <laughs> you know, all of that sort of stuff. And don't get me wrong, George, I'm a fan of a good flower crown and I'm a fan of a, of a chunky crystal ring and all of the things. I love that stuff. But it's the real inner work that calls us so deeply into ourselves that I want this book to inspire people to do, knowing that if they do that, their ability to become a magnificent space holder for others amplifies so significantly.
0: I love that you talk about doing the inner work and bringing up the shadow and the ego because um, in this day and age, there is a lot of spiritual entertainment going on. Especially when it comes to like goddess work, etc. So it's all about again the way things look and the pictures you take and the flowers you have and the flower crowns. So people like outside looking in, wanting to get in, they feel like, oh, okay, this spiritual path is all about like fun and games, airy fairy, fluffy. They don't realize that it's actually work before we can you can get to the stage where you're embodying your inner leadership and are ready to come into this world to like work your light. So I love yes. that you focus it on that. So what is a priestess? You mentioned sacred leadership, mm. so, but let's go deeper.
1: Mm. Well, I think that if you were to get 10 priestesses in a room, same as maybe 10 witches or 10 leaders, and you were to ask them what each of those things are, each of them would probably have a different answer. Now, some of them might be connected, and I think it's highly likely that they would be, but not everybody would necessarily agree because there isn't a primary definition. And this is particularly the case because from ancient times, priestesses in different cultures did different things, and they meant different things to their communities, and therefore to themselves as well. But for me, In essence, in a modern-day 21st-century term, a priestess is a sacred spiritual leader. And in particular, she is a sacred spiritual leader that holds space for other people to access their own divinity within. She is a channel and a guide and a space holder for other people to touch and get in touch with the deepest parts of their spiritual self. That is her service. Now she may do that George in many different forms. She may be a healer, a coach, a guide, a Reiki master, a crystal energy practitioner, a mum, a nurse, a teacher, She could come in many, many different forms. Um, It's highly unlikely that she's floating through the world um, in a caftan 24-7. You know, she's a real everyday person, just like me.
0: (laughs) So it's all about basically tuning into our own life purpose, our own sacred mission, identifying that, stepping into it fully, stepping into our power, and then using that to lead and to basically uh, lead in a way that helps others come into their own leadership as well. Now, you talk in the book about the different types of, of priestesses. And mm. I've seen you mention them in, uh, in social media as well. And there's a priestess quiz on your website. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what kind of priestess I am. <laughs> so talk to us about the different types of priestesses.
1: Mm. Well, there's two different forms of different types of priestesses that I talk about in the book. The first is the actual different types of individual priestesses and priestess collectives from ancient times. Everything from the Vestal priestesses of Rome to the Velour who are the Norse Um, priestesses to Mayan priestesses and many others and then through my own study and work um, I've drawn from that nine different archetypal energies or types of priestesses and they include the veil lifter priestess for example is one of the first that comes to mind and this is the priestesses amongst us who are highly intuitive. They are literally the priestesses that draw back the veils between ourselves and our deep inner wisdom. And so they're often counsellors, healers, coaches, guides of some sort that really help people get to the essence of who they are. Then we have earth whisperer priestesses. These are our magnificent mavens who are plant medicine Uh, based babes and they are protectors of the great mother. They use crystals and rocks and um, different plants and herbs in such a way that bring her to life and also help others in in their healing path. And then there's the Beautifier Priestess. There's the Diviner Priestess. Our priestesses amongst us who are oracle card readers, um, who are tarot readers, who are past life regressionists. These are the priestesses that have a channel up. They are the ones that have a strong channel to higher energies and other energies, and so they easily can talk with other spirits and guides. And that's not a strong. Um, uh, what is it not strong suit but not a strong skill of mine as a priestess but I imagine that could be for you George I've got a funny feeling that's you you're the the diviner or some people say with my accent a diviner priestess Uh um some people say diviner for me um of the archetypes I happen to be a ceremonial priestess and that's my strongest suit and that means that I have special skills and abilities in leading um, circles and ceremonies and special experiences for people. Mm. I am a space holder and gatherer that brings people together. And there are many others, but it's just a way in the book for people to understand that their gifts can come forth in lots of different ways.
0: And it's very comforting to uh, identify with an archetype, any archetype, Mm. but including the priestesses as well, because... You know, in the spiritual community, there is just so much right now because there is an information overload. There's so much information. Someone, a Leo like me, loves like like dipping my toes into like every single subject, but getting to understand and know, you know what? This is my strong suit. Like I'm a diviner. Like I really resonate. And as soon as he said that, I'm like, yes, Mm -hmm. that's what I do. I connect and I receive. And therefore, Mm -hmm. when you know your strengths, you can focus on them, master them, And just know, well, you know what? Yeah, I appreciate everything else. I can do it, but it's not my main thing. So this is where my focus is. So I think there's something empowering in knowing that and and coming into your presence. Now, of course, you guide people through these archetypes in the book. What are some of the, well, let's get into the the deeper stuff. Um, (laughs) You talk about the sister wound. You talk about the inner work, which, of course, it's important to go through this part. the the uncomfortable, the messy aspect of spirituality before you step into your role as a priestess. What is a sister wound and how do we go about healing it? Mm. And is it just a wound that women have?
1: Well, I think in the strictest sense of the term, yes, it is. It is actually just, it's a woman-to-woman experience, a woman-to-woman wound and just the same as there can be a wounding between men and women or people of any gender identification but the sister wound in particular really is a wound of the, the collective feminine and It is not necessarily something that is experienced, I think, by all women. I don't think it would be accurate for me to say that because that feels very binary, you know. There there may genuinely be um, women out there that have not had this experience and it's just one of the things that we may need to work through as a human being. But essentially the sister wound, George, is anywhere as a woman where you feel fear or jealousy or comparisonitis, or you have challenging or mistrusting or difficult relationships with another woman or women, and you don't even necessarily know what that's about. Um, It's not necessarily because you've had a direct conflict of some kind. Um, It's sometimes just something that you really struggle with you struggle to make female friends or you struggle to hold on to them you constantly seem to be having difficulties with female relationships and the thing is is that the society that we've been living in under patriarchal oppression now for thousands of years has set it up for that to be the case This is actually not our fault. It is our responsibility, but it's not our fault. Because once upon a time, in ancient cultures, that wound we believe or would like to believe, at least from our interpretation of history, really was not present. Because women and men, mind you, lived in community together. There was a sisterhood and kinship where you raised other people's children as your own. You did that collectively. You weaved together. You cooked together. You lived together. You prayed together. You were priestesses, healers, witches, guides, community women's mavens, Margas crones together. There was really no separation. Unlike what began to happen when we became agriculturalized, Christian homogenised, Patriarchalized, <laughs> white supremacized, and everything else that goes with that, um, and forced into more secular individual homes and lives. And the patriarchy has set women up to then compete against each other, see each other as competition, see each other with suspicion. Um, and this is where so much of that wounding comes from. And so this is one of the big things that I believe that collectively we're being called as women and our men folk in our lives should want us to do this as well, to reclaim mm. and to reconnect back in. And this is why, and I'm sure this is not going to be news to many of your listeners, George, this is why we have seen an exponential rise in the number of women both holding and going to sacred circles. We are returning to an ancient practice there where women sit at all one level and all can gaze and see into each other's eyes with no hierarchy, just as it was once done so long ago, and where our hearts can be opened and speak with truth, even if that is fearful and challenging and difficult in each other's presence. And so the healing of that wound is beginning. It's not our fault, but it is our responsibility. And we have to take it back. And when we do that, women of the world will rise collectively in so much power. And I'm here for it. I know you're here for it too.
0: Gosh, and I'm so grateful that you talk about this in the book. And I'm so so looking forward for women all over the world just embracing sisterhood once again. It's very funny because the other day I was... uh, watching an interview by Lady Gaga talking about her new album and she was talking about, she was referring to that in a way. She's very spiritual. I, f- I feel she's a priestess. And she was saying that she mm-hmm. never received any sort of support or guidance from the female, from females in the industry. She had only received mm-hmm. help from the males in the industry. And she sort of said that in, in, in some sort of, she was resenting it. She wished she was being guided by the, by the women in her industry. And then she was telling how because um, she didn't receive help from the women, she felt her responsibility to be there for other women, younger women, like new women in the industry, talking about Ariana Grande, how they did this song together, Rain On Me. Um, but yeah, it's happening all over the world. And I'm so excited to see mm. this revolution happening right now. Now... Why is it important to connect, and is it important to explore and connect with our ancestral culture when doing priestess work? I know you talk about your Celtic lineage, and you talked about your past lives being a priestess, and these present lifetimes, ancestors being priestesses as well. Is it important mm-hmm. to connect to our to our ancestry and our culture, or how do we approach mm-hmm. it?
1: I personally believe that it really is, George, and I know that that is me speaking from a place of privilege because I understand that for many people it's quite challenging for them to explore their family of origin, Um, you know, maybe if they were adopted or they may be orphaned um, and it's challenging for them to connect with older people in their family, they simply might not be around. There are different ways that we can do that these days um, and there's so many wonderful ancestral guides that can lead us and help us with that direction but I do believe that it's very important because of the personal and cultural context that it can give each of us in our spiritual practice and one of the reasons why that is even more important at a deeper level is because I believe that it will really, really assist us as a spiritual community to disengage um, from things such as cultural appropriation. Yes. Um, Because when we actually have an understanding and feel a connection to and a pride in our own culture and which we all have in some way or another, then we will, or it's my fervent hope that we should then deeply lean into the practices of our ancestors and the culture that we come from and that while we can admire and appreciate and honour cultural and spiritual traditions from other cultures, that we develop an understanding that those are not for us to actively use or take or twist in any way uh, that just sees us do it because we think it's pretty or we think it's um, different or we think that's really nice or that looks really spiritual, I'll take that. And I'm speaking particularly to the white folk that are listening now because this is something that we have done significantly through colonisation and so many other practices. And... The things that we think may be okay to take or use now, at varying different times, particularly Indigenous people and those of Black cultural background, have lost their lives for. And it's therefore very insensitive in so many different ways for us to think that we could just use that in some way. And so I think that's a very, very important of being a conscious, modern spiritual being and one that is deeply respectful. And I know for me, when I began to explore my own cultural lineage, I have found so many things in my line that are just beautiful and rich and amazing. And I want to keep going deeper with that. And I feel such pride and such connection to it, because it's my blood, it's my people. And so I so deeply wish that for everybody, because when you find it, it absolutely grounds and anchors you in the most beautiful way.
0: Oh my goodness! I am so glad you brought that uh, that up because cultural appropriation is something that's not talked over a lot in the spiritual community. And when it does, it usually like it results in like uh, arguments and like heated discussions among people, like wanting to like claim things their own. Mm. And I get that people are coming from a good perspective. I get that they want to explore their spirituality and connection to Source in in various ways and in the way that makes sense for them, but. Because I've been there myself, because since I was 15 years old, I've tried so many different spiritual modalities. I delved into Wicca, I delved into the Celtic goddesses, et cetera. It was only when I made the conscious decision and I felt the calling to start connecting to my own Cypriot Greek culture, the ancient culture, and became a priest to uh, Hellenic Polytheism, like therefore the, um, the Greek gods and goddesses, that I felt this strong connection, this unequivocal right to this religion, to this spiritual practice, it felt like letting go of a breath I hadn't known I'd been holding in for so many years. It felt like Mm. coming home. Oh,
1: beautiful. It's something that I
0: talked about in your podcast when I, I went and I thought I wanted to become a priest to the Celtic goddesses. And while I was listening to the priestess, talk to me about Rihanna and all the different like healthy goddess, I'm like, I respect that. I've been to the rituals. I love that. But this is not me. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm Greek. (laughs) So I wonder if I can find that within my own culture. And whereas I've Mm -hmm. been doing that with the different cultures for so many years before that, I had never felt more at home when I explored my own ancient culture's spirituality. So 100% with you with that. Oh. Julie, I am so happy we've had this conversation and I'm so happy to share it with my community. Please tell people where they can get your book and where they can uh, find you and work with you.
1: Oh, thank you, George. I've absolutely loved our conversation too. It's been really beautiful and um, big yes to the Greek pantheon. So <laughs> lucky there's so many extraordinary gods and goddesses and so many wonderful cultural practices. I talk about Greek priestesses in the book so deeply. Everyone can find me at juliesuzanneparker.com. Um, that's where I am. The Priestess quiz is there and information about the priestess book. And just Priestess, Ancient Spiritual Wisdom for Modern Sacred Women. The book is just available on Amazon and all good online stores throughout the world. Uh, so, yeah, I just I hope that for anybody that's drawn to it, they absolutely love it.
0: And, of course, you'll find all the information in the show notes. Julie, thank you so much for joining us. Wishing you a lovely rest of your day.
1: Thank you, George. Thank you for listening to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at George Lizos to
0: grab your free Lightworker Survival Guide and catch the next live episode.